0: The Ballad of Emma Mitchell, copyright Serenia Murthy, 2018, May 5th, 2018. I took the bus to Emma's home. She had texted me her address. It was in a posh part of town, but I didn't know how posh. The walk up the driveway was long. A butler showed me in. We walked down miles of hallways before I was finally asked to wait outside an inner sanctum of sorts. Most people would have found all this intimidating, but like Eliza Bennett, my courage rises with every attempt to intimidate me. I guess it also doesn't hurt that my mom knows the President of the United States and he puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. The butler said I could go in. In I went. There was a portly, bald, bewhiskered man seated behind the desk. He stood and we shook hands. He introduced himself as, well, let's hold off on his formal title. His name is Sydney Binnendale. So, he boomed. You want to go out with my granddaughter, Emma? Yes, Mr. Binnendale, I said. He scratched his chin. Emma is a remarkably delicate and refined girl, he observed. Tell me something I don't know, I thought. He grilled me on how we had met and that kind of thing. I assured him that it was all perfectly innocent. We met in English class, I said. Emma seems quite taken with you, he said. Nice. I don't let her go out with just anybody. Good deal. I've raised her since she was a baby. Her parents were killed in a car accident soon after her birth. Now this I didn't know. I sobered up. Mr. Binndale noted my reaction with satisfaction. I'm sorry to hear that, I said. Did it happen here? France, he said. It was a good thing they had drawn up a will. He wagged his finger at me always draw up a will i'll bear that in mind i said emma is my sole heiress he said he cast his hand around as if to add of my not inconsiderable wealth money doesn't interest me i said i don't know just what made me say it mr binnendale eyed me shrewdly and said i believe that's why you interest emma yeah i said look mr binnendale it's just a first date We'll see if it goes anywhere. Could we please leave if you don't mind? Emma told me she has a 10 o'clock curfew. We're not going to be able to squeeze in dinner and a movie at this rate. Dinner and a movie, he looked, or pretended to look, impressed. All right, then. He rang the silver bell on his desk and the butler materialized. James, summon Miss Emma. Her date, he kind of sneered at me, is waiting. James went away. Mr. Binnendale and I looked at each other. He seemed to have more on his mind. I waited for him to say it. It's no secret who your mother is, he said. No, I agreed. We're on opposing parties, he said. Yes, I said. He walked around the desk and placed a hand on my shoulder. The press can be brutal, he said. All I ask is that you remain discreet, to protect Emma's feelings. For a moment, he seemed almost fatherly, and my dislike of him wavered. I will, I assured him. Good man. He clapped me on the back. I nearly coughed. He was pretty strong. Miss Emma Mitchell, the butler announced. I turned my head and forgot all about Mr. Sidney Binnendale. Emma was wearing a blue gauzy dress with grey-white sparkly stuff all over it. It sort of clung to her, outlining the slender figure she perpetually camouflaged at school. Her wrap, the same shade of blue as her dress, also clung to her. Her blonde hair was all soft and loose around her shoulders. I suddenly wanted to run my fingers through it. She always had it neatly tied up in a ponytail, bun, or braid at school. She was looking at me, smiling, her eyes as blue and sparkly as the dress. I could tell that she was pleased with my reaction. I cleared my throat. Hi, Emma, I said. Hi, Jason, she said shyly. You two had better get going, Mr. Binnendale said briskly. James will drive you and he'll come back for you at 12 a.m. Emma gasped. Twelve? Really? Thanks, Grandpa. She hugged him and gave him a kiss. I felt jealous. It wasn't just her evident affection for her old man. It felt like ages since I would last said the word Grandpa. Go on with you, said Mr. Binndale, kind of pushing her away while looking mighty pleased with her caresses. Emma placed her hand in mine and picked up her purse. I nodded to Mr. Binendale and we followed James out. He dropped us off at the plaza. We had dinner at Florentine's and then watched Hidden Figures. We walked around the plaza talking about the movie. The fountains were illuminated with golden lights and Emma admired them. She had told me about her life over dinner and I gave her the highlights of Westcott, Virginia. Emma's life is more interesting than mine. Sydney Binnendale's daughter met and married Léon Michel while on a trip to Paris. He had a French mother and an American father, hence the name. They honeymooned in Nice and were planning to settle down in Vienna. Emma's mother was a musician and her dad was a poet and artist. It would have been the perfect locale. Emma was born a year later. She didn't go into much detail about the accident. I guess Mr. Binnendale wouldn't be likely to discuss it with her. The Mitchells' will named him Emma's legal guardian. He went to Vienna, scooped her up, settled her parents' estate, and brought her back to America. She had a nanny and went to private schools. When she was 12, Mr. Binnendale sent her to the same boarding school in England where her mother was educated. Emma told me, laughing, that while her mother was allowed to attend boarding school until she graduated and went to the London School of Music, Mr. Binnendale complained that he missed Emma too much and withdrew her after three years. It was too late in the year to enroll her in any American preparatory academy, and so she came to Monroe. Your loss is my gain, Dean Ward. Not a lot of people know this, Emma told me shyly. They'd start calling me princess and ask if I owned a pony. Your secret's safe with me, I said. Do you own a pony? Yes, grandpa brought, yes, grandpa bought me one for my birthday. He lives on a pasture in Virginia. I ride him in the summer naturally this got us talking about horses and i found myself telling her all about the horse farm emma may be well-bred well-educated delicately nurtured carefully brought up and all that sort of thing but she is surprisingly easy to talk to she listens and laughs at all the right moments she got a call at 1am it was james he drove us back to the binnendale mansion i walked emma to the door. It felt a little awkward to even attempt kissing her under the watchful eye of old man Binnendale. He was probably standing at one of the many windows. And James had nothing else of interest while he waited in the driveway. So I pecked Emma on the cheek. She giggled and blushed and said we should do this again sometime without the entourage. She heartily concurred. I'll call you, I said, making a mental note to secure home court advantage for the second date. Okay, she said happily. Good night. Good night, I said. I gave James my address and he plugged it into the GPS. I was pretty sleepy by this time and drowsed in the limo. We got home at 1 a.m., my curfew on the dot. I met the family on the doorstep, staggering home at the same time. They must have made quite a night of it. A limo? What the hell? Stevie gawked as James drove off. Big deal, I scoffed. You went out with the first son. Allison's eyes were full of amazement and wonder. Who is this girl?" she demanded. Just a girl at school, I shrugged. Is she rich? Her old man is. Anyone we know? Dad grinned at me. You know a lot of people, I hedged. Jason, I need details, mom pouted. Sorry, mother, I leaned in with a mischievous smile. I'm afraid I can't read you in just yet. There was a chorus of groans and laughter. How long have you been waiting to say that to me? mom demanded as I went upstairs. Since the day we moved here, I called over my shoulder. I fell asleep with the ballad of Emma Mitchell unfolding through my mind.